0: For Paul, baptism is a powerful bond that unites people not only with God but with other believers. Those who call themselves children of God experience a transformation that removes prejudices of race, social class, or gender in favor of true unity in Christ. Reading from Galatians, the third chapter. Now before faith came, we were imprisoned and guarded under the law until faith would be revealed. Therefore the law was our disciplinarian until Christ came, so that we might be justified by faith. But now that faith has come, we are no longer subject to a disciplinarian, for in Christ Jesus you are all children of God through faith. As many of you as were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is no longer Jew or Greek. There is no longer slave or free. There is no longer male and female, for all of you are one in Christ Jesus. And if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to the promise. Word of God, word of life. Thanks be to God. Jesus' mission includes foreigners, and his authority extends to the casting out of demons. Some who witness Jesus' work are seized with confusion and fear, but the man who is healed is commissioned to give testimony to God's mercy and power. The Holy Gospel according to Luke, the eighth chapter. Then Jesus and his disciples arrived at the country of the Gerasenes, which is opposite Galilee. As he stepped out on land, a man of the city who had demons met him. For a long time, he had worn no clothes, and he did not live in a house but in the tombs. When he saw Jesus, he fell down before him and shouted at the top of his voice, What have you to do with me, Jesus, son of the Most High God? I beg you, do not torment me. For Jesus had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. For many times it had seized him. He was kept under guard and bound with chains and shackles, but he would break the bonds and be driven by the demon into the wilds. Jesus then asked him, What is your name? He said, Legion, for many demons had entered him. They begged him not to order them to go back into the abyss. Now there on the hillside, a large herd of swine was feeding. The demons begged Jesus to let them enter these. So he gave them permission. Then the demons came out of the man and entered the swine and the herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and was drowned. When the swineherd saw what had happened, they ran off and told it in the city and in the country. Then people came out to see what had happened, and when they came to Jesus, they found the man from whom the demons had gone, sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. Those who had seen it told them how the ones who had been possessed by demons had been healed. Then all the people of the surrounding country of the Gerasenes asked Jesus to leave them, for they were seized with great fear. So he got into the boat and returned. The man from whom the demons had gone begged that he might be with him. But Jesus sent him away, saying, Return to your home and declare how much God has done for you. So he went away, proclaiming throughout the city how much Jesus had done for him. The Gospel of our Lord. Now, as thrilled as I am for us to be back in Luke finally, We're actually going to talk about Galatians today. As many of you were baptized into Christ, have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is no longer Jew or Greek. There is no longer slave or free. There is no longer male and female. For all of you are one in Christ Jesus. And if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to the promise. Paul's letter to the Galatians, particularly the third chapter, offers a lot of rich commentary on the place of the law. While his language may suggest the law is a curse, Paul's purpose is to show that the law has a temporary role which ended with the appearance of Christ. If the law was meant to give life or to justify, there would have been no need for Jesus to die for our sins. This idea of justification by faith rather than by law or good works is the major theme of Martin Luther's 1520 treatise, The Freedom of a Christian, which one of my absolute favorite pieces of Christian writing, if you haven't read it, read it. Maybe in another sermon someday, I don't know when, and more likely it will be in some discussion or other, we'll talk about how we are justified by faith and not the law, and how both faith and the law are divine gifts. But today, reading and hearing Paul's words about us being set free by our baptism in Christ on Juneteenth, I'm struck by the cognitive dissonance practiced by the church in North America. But first, some of you might not know what Juneteenth is, And you maybe only became aware of it in the last couple of years, maybe even only last year when it was declared an official federal holiday and all of a sudden the post office was closed for a seemingly random day in the middle of June. So Juneteenth marks the anniversary of the announcement of General Order Number Three by the Union Army General Gordon Granger on June 19th, 1865, proclaiming freedom for enslaved people in Texas. June 19th, when the civil war ended, according to Wikipedia, on May 9th. Now I get that texting, email, or even the phone didn't exist then, but the telegraph did. And I'm sure the post office wasn't that slow. Also newspapers. So why it took so long to get to Texas? Anyway, while Paul writes, there is no longer slave or free, referring to bondage, to the law, to sin, to death, to first century Middle Eastern social roles within households in the community. While Paul writes to the Galatians and others celebrating the freedom baptized Christian converts have in Christ Jesus as heirs of Abraham and Sarah. Some 1600 years later, halfway across the world in North America, this freedom in Christ's baptism is rejected and corrupted. As Jamar Tisby reported in his 2019 book, The Color of Compromise, The Truth About the American Church's Complicity in Racism, the Virginia General Assembly, on the question of baptism rendering enslaved Africans free, decided in September 1667. Quote, It is enacted and declared by this grand assembly and the authority thereof, that the conferring of baptism does not alter the condition of the person as to his bondage or freedom. This broke long-standing Anglican custom that baptized Christians, being spiritual brothers and sisters, could not enslave one another. So, People stolen from their native land, brought to a foreign land by different foreigners to that same land, were enslaved. Their children born into this foreign world were born into chattel slavery. They were now encouraged to be evangelized into the Christian faith by their enslavers and to receive the sacrament of baptism. And this was to make them more docile, more cooperative. Despite the established tradition, the assembly decided that baptism would not confer freedom upon their enslaved laborers. Instead, these people, children of God, stolen from the African continent, would remain in physical bondage even after their conversion to Christianity. To quote from Tisby again, Missionaries, ministers, and slave owners encouraged African Christians in America to be content with their spiritual liberation and to obey their earthly masters. This is a bold denial of Jesus's life, teachings, death, and resurrection. A bold rejection of the gospel of freedom in Christ capital over humanity, over and against the call and example of Jesus the Christ, the anointed one in whom we have been set free by our baptism in his name. This bold denial of God's holy and good image in all peoples laid the foundations for the U.S. Civil War, for the delayed declaration of freedom from chattel slavery, for the ongoing racial strife we have today. We saw it last month in Buffalo. We saw it seven years ago in Charleston. We've seen it too many other times, too many examples. And then Paul writes, there is no longer male and female, possibly referring to Genesis 127, so God created humans in their image. In the image of God, they created them, male and female, God created them. Well, Paul writes to the Galatians and others celebrating the shared identity we have in baptism with Christ Jesus, all of us heirs of Abraham and Sarah, I also recognize we read this today in the middle of Pride Month. Pride celebrates the riots started by black and brown trans women demanding to be seen to live healthy and safe lives, claiming their dignity and worth. Pride declares that all should be seen in our weird and creative beauty with the right to live healthy and safe lives, that by virtue of our existence, we have dignity and worth. In Pride, The church is called to celebrate God's infinitely diverse image in which all of humanity is created and bears. Male, female, other, non-binary, gay, straight, bi, pan, asexual of indigenous, African, Asian, Latin, or European descent. Paul writes to the Galatians then and to us today, That in Christ, distinctions of race, class, and gender are irrelevant. Not in a way that that promotes some sort of false unity. Oh, we're all in this, we're all one, so it doesn't matter. Or the thinking that it will all even out in the end. Or, you know, we're all in this together. Which ignores the very real differences in how we face some of the same stuff. Paul writes that distinctions of race, class, and gender are irrelevant in a Christian unity which says, because we are all one, because you and I each bear the divine image and are ambassadors of Christ led by the Spirit, you matter regardless of your race, class, or gender. We are set free in baptism to proclaim the unity of the holy three in one, to proclaim our shared unity with the holy one in three. Luther's opening thesis in the freedom of a Christian is a message of Christian liberation. The Christian individual is a completely free lord of all, subject to none. The Christian individual is a completely dutiful servant of all, subject to all. In baptism, we are called and set to proclaim that we are all created in the divine's infinitely diverse image, every class, every race, every gender. We are set free to be who God has created us to be in them. And we are bound to one another, joined together with Christ and the eternal company of saints in the waters of baptism to set free the divine image in humanity across all classes, all races, all genders. In baptisms holy uniting, setting us free, thanks be to God. Amen.